Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 26 says this. He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured. And the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and he was healing them all. I want you to think about that for just a second. How exciting that sounds, that Jesus is with these people Uh, The power of the Holy Spirit is literally just emanating from him on a level that everyone is trying to get near him. Everyone wants to be around him because he's healing everyone. That is how intense the power of the Holy Spirit is is on him. And in that moment, verse 20 says, looking at his disciples, he said, so what's happening? Heaven is flowing through him right now. So in that atmosphere, while heaven is flowing through him, he says, blessed are you who are poor. For yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you. When they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in the day. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich. And now some people are starting to be like, oh, huh? Woe to you who are rich. For you've already received your comfort. Woe to you who are fed now. For you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. I'm going to talk to you today from an idea that's called, it's here and it's on the way. It's here and it's on the way. Father, bless this message today. Thank you for everyone watching online. Uh, I just pray encouragement, strength for them right now, Lord, that the Word of God would just come alive to them, uh, even through technology, Lord, that you'd be able to touch people and reach people uh, in a truly profound way. Thank you for the people that are here in this room today. I pray also that you would just encourage them in everything that they're facing and going through. Let the Word of God, Lord, pierce through the brokenness and the darkness of their life and bring something hopeful uh, to every person that's listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so... um, So here is an idea. Today, I'm talking, if you haven't figured it out, about the kingdom. And I'm talking about what the kingdom actually looks like. And I'm talking about the fact that in this scripture, in this passage that I've read, Jesus has the kingdom flowing through him. The kingdom is flowing out of him, and people are attracted to the kingdom of God that is manifesting on earth. And they're coming to be around Jesus. But in that moment where it's so attractive to everyone, Jesus breaks down what the kingdom of God actually looks like on earth. Okay, so when you ask yourself, what is the kingdom? So what is a kingdom in general? Isn't, the, isn't a kingdom the area, the geography, 
where someone sovereign, sovereign reigns. So for a king, wouldn't it be, if, if someone was the king of England, wouldn't it be the borders of England that would be their kingdom, if that's the kingdom of England? If you have a specific kingdom, it has to do with geography. So if God is the king and God is sovereign and God has created everything, then isn't the kingdom everywhere? Well, yes, but what Jesus is trying to tell us here is that in a fallen, broken world that is full of sin, there is a kingdom that is being revealed that you cannot see at first glance and you cannot have citizenship to this kingdom unless you have a passport. Okay, how many people know that if you're born in the United States, you are a what? U.S. what? You're a U.S. citizen and you get that wonderful thing called a passport. And if you're born in the United States, you can live abroad. You can go all these different places. But when you finally come home, you break out that passport and you are a U.S. citizen. Why? Because you were born in the right place. If you want to be a U.S. citizen. Okay. Now, Somebody came up to Jesus and they asked him, what do I have to do to be saved? Nicodemus, in fact. And what did Jesus tell him? He said, you must be born again. So there is a way to obtain the proper passport to be a citizen of this kingdom that Jesus is telling all those people about. But in order to get the kind of passport where you can understand and begin to see the kingdom that is not really visible with human eyes and to understand and to experience the benefits of this kingdom, you have to know Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus today, oh man, if you're watching online and your life is not working, I'm just, I got news for you. It'll continue to not work if you don't know Jesus. And as a matter of fact, one of the worst things that could ever happen to you if you don't know Jesus is for you to have a series of fortunate events, not of unfortunate events, of fortunate events, because what that can lead you to believe is that everything is okay and everything is working for you. But I promise you, if you don't know Jesus and everything is working for you, you will come to a moment in your life where those things no longer work. And it is only Jesus that can move in those moments of your life. Because Jesus has given us access to a transcendent kingdom that is all around us where we can have favor, we can have blessing, we can have victory, we can be more than conquerors in the middle of devastating loss, we can have joy in the midst of sorrow when sorrow is all around us. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. You say, well, what is the kingdom? Pick up a Bible and look at it. That's the kingdom. The Bible is full of principles about the kingdom, what kingdom life actually looks like. And I tell you something, I'm grateful that I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. As a matter of fact, I'm patriotic. I love my country, but I don't love my country more than my country. Okay, because I'm, I belong to a country called heaven. And that is the country that my citizenship, my primary citizenship is in heaven. My primary citizenship is in heaven. So... We have this problem as human beings where we're constantly wanting God to fix the kingdom that we can see. Have you ever noticed that? We have this. Now, we understand. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure I haven't told you anything today 
just that's so groundbreaking to you. You're like, oh, I know all this. Well, that's okay. I mean, you can hear things that you've heard before and just realize that they're good and still say amen. Can I get an amen from someone? Okay, maybe I haven't just rocked your universe theologically here today, but, but maybe I could challenge you a little bit that sometimes in our lives, we focus so much on making sure that this kingdom that we can see is fixed that we miss the beauty and the glory of what it looks like when this kingdom is actually broken. Because we have faith in something that we can't see. That's why the Bible says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, because the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal or they're everlasting. We have to learn how to look at things and see the world in a way that doesn't make sense to people that do not know God. See, we have this issue where we want our kingdom to be exactly like we want it, how we want it. We want it to be set up and structured, and we want this leader, and we want this building, and we want this campus, and we want this song, and we want this boss at our job. And and we just, if everything is working out like we want, we say, woo, praise the Lord. The kingdom is finally working, but I got news for you. You can tell when your heart is fixed on the wrong kingdom if something happens that you don't like and it destroys you. You can tell your heart is leaning towards the wrong kingdom if something happens that you deem unfavorable and now you have gone from happiness and joy and all of these wonderful things to doom and gloom. Are we alive here today? Because, I mean, this is, this, is, this is pretty real stuff right here. See, you can tell that your heart is fixated on the wrong kingdom if one move, if one decision, if one outcome, if one prognosis, if, if, if one action, if one thing that shakes up your world has the ability to bring complete fear and doom and gloom into your life, you can tell your heart might be fixed on the wrong kingdom. For some people, their kingdom uh, is based on their family. For some people, their kingdom is based on their job. For some people, their kingdom is based on their politics. For some people, their kingdom is based on their career. And one move, one decision, one thing that happens in that world that causes their ideal kingdom to crumble you can go from being the happiest person in the world to walking around with your head sunk down low. See, and please don't be too hard on yourself if this is you. I'm not preaching down at you because I can tell you I do this too. <laughs> That's why I can, I, I can say it with, with an open heart today. This, this is a human issue. This is not just you. This is, this is a human issue. We get consumed with the kingdoms that we can see. That's why we have to constantly be reminded to look for those things that we can't see. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus is resurrected. He comes back to impart the Holy Spirit and, and, and to encourage them to look for the Holy Spirit and to, to kind of one last time before his ascension say, hey, he's coming, be ready. You're about to receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. But in Acts chapter 1, right before he says that, it says they gathered around, resurrected Jesus, and they said, Lord, are you going to come to this t- at this time to restore the kingdom of Israel? They thought he had come back to physically set up this was a problem they constantly had. You remember when in the, in the, in the triumphal entry 
uh, on Palm Sunday when Jesus rode, rode in on the donkey? Remember that? Do you remember the reason people were shouting, waving palm branches, Hosanna, blesses he who comes in the name of the Lord? Because Jesus was fulfilling, not only prophetically, but he was also using a particular type of ceremony that if you were the future king, or you were declaring yourself in a leadership position, you would ride in on a donkey. So what did everyone think naturally? Yes, he's about to overthrow Rome. I'm going to get the kingdom I want right now the way I want it. How disappointed was everyone when Jesus was like, no, this is not a kingdom you can see. They're like, oh, great. Awesome. No, this is not a kingdom that always fills up your bank account right now. <sighs> no, this is not a kingdom where your marriage is perfect right when you find Jesus. Oh, great. Are you following me? See, we, we don't really get the kind of kingdom that we want, but we get the kind we need. We get the kind we need. See, Jesus preached Matthew 4, 17. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Can I tell you something? You're near to the kingdom today. The kingdom is near to you right now. If you know Jesus, you'd be so surprised how close you are to kingdom things if you would just reach out and take a hold of them. Every time you make a decision in your life, to do it God's way, you experience the kingdom in your life. There is a peace from knowing. You know, listening to, to Pastor Jessica up here talking about God saved her at this church. God saved her husband at this church. I can't wait next week to be faithful and to be generous at heart for the house. Hearing faith talk like that gets me so stirred up. That doesn't mean that Jessica and, and Everett just got like some $20,000 check or something and they just have money to throw around. To me, it sounds like faith talk. To me, it sounds like I am, I am going to, through this tough time in my life, I'm going to figure out a way to be kingdom-minded because if I'm kingdom-minded, I can continue celebrating kingdom wins even when I don't always see them with my eyes, I know I'm winning in my spirit because I'm going to continue being who God has called me to be. See, this, this will teach you right here in Luke chapter 17, 20, and 21. And I'm sorry I don't have like all these uh, tweetable things today. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just reading a bunch of scriptures today. I haven't seen you all in a while. I had some other stuff I was going to talk about, and I just felt like God wanted me to share this stuff. Uh, but it, it is what it is. Amen. I wore a cool jacket, so whatever. Uh, Luke 17, 20 through 21 uh, says, once on, being asked by the, once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Okay, so let's just rule right out right now that there is an event that takes place that you go, see, I told you that this would happen. See, I told you that that is it. I told you that this is the moment. No, not unless Jesus is misleading us. He says the coming of the kingdom is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, woo, here it is. There it is. Because the kingdom of God is in your midst. That is probably the most disappointing statement that Jesus could have given anyone in that moment because they're like, Oh, oh, it's not something you can see. Oh, he's going to say something good here. Oh, it's not something you can observe. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, but the kingdom is in your midst. It's here right now. Huh? 
You mean here where I'm not really making enough money to pay my bills? You mean here where my best friend just went to the doctor and just found out that they have a disease that not a lot of people recover from? Really? Here? It's in my midst? Here where I'm having trouble in my marriage? The kingdom is here? Yes. That is what our lives look like when we begin to understand that God wants to superimpose his kingdom upon this world that everyone is so fixated on what we can see and what we can touch and what we can taste and, and, and what we can categorize and what we can track statistically. God says, that is not what my kingdom looks like. My kingdom looks like this. It looks like when you're poor, that you are, if you're able to, to go through poverty and go through tough times in your life, but still have the kind of peace that surpasses understanding. That means it does not make sense why you would be peaceful in the middle of that. Then in essence, what you're doing is you are allowing a foretaste of, of what eternity is going to look like to settle in your heart and to give you a peace in the middle of that stuff so you are rich far beyond what you can imagine when you experience those things. But if you are rich... He's saying, be careful if all you have is money. Because you've already experienced your joy. You're going to experience poverty down the road. But not just financially spiritual poverty. And it's going to be devastating. So what God teaches us about the kingdom and what Jesus teaches us about the kingdom is we cannot make the kingdom about a specific outcome on this planet. We cannot make it about a specific thing on this planet because what he's saying is that if you're willing to look, if you're willing to listen, if you're willing to pray, if you're willing to press in, if you're willing to read, if you're willing to study, if you're willing to be sensitive to the power of the Holy Spirit, it's all around you. I'll tell you something. I mean, I, I hate to use a pop culture reference, but if you've ever seen that movie, The Matrix where Morpheus meets this young hacker named Neo. And Neo is super gifted and super talented in, in hacking and all these things online. And he invites Neo to this place where he explains to him, he offers him two pills, a red pill and a blue pill. He says, if you take the red pill, you will wake up and find out that all of this is different than you imagine. But if you take the blue pill, you go back to your normal life. And Neo actually takes the, I'm not, I mean, the movie is old. I can spoil it for you. I, mean, you have to, I am giving a lot of spoilers. I spoiled my own movie too. It's, it's pretty bad. But he, he ends up taking the red pill and he finds out it's just not cool what the world really looks like. But if you really want to move forward and make progress in the real world, sometimes you have to see how ugly it really is. So today, I'm, I'm kind of doing that same thing. You can take the blue pill. You can go back to life as you've known it in the past. 
of just kind of accumulating what you can accumulate, praying for the perfect outcome here, for the perfect outcome there, setting your joys up on your success and your failure. And when things are great, I'm on top of the world. And you get a flat tire and you can't pay for it. Life stinks. Uh, if, if you're just on these roller coasters of emotions, that, you can go back to that and take the blue pill. But Jesus is saying, I want to let you know that the kingdom is here right now. And it's not really going to be here any more than it is right now until I come back someday. And until we're together in heaven where there will be no tears, there will be no pain, there will be no sickness, there will be no sin. He'll wipe every tear from our eyes. There is going to come a time where the kingdom of God will be fully established. But he's saying until that time, you will experience seasons of your life where the kingdom is so apparent to you that you're going to feel like you're already there. But sometimes things will happen even in the midst of those things that we don't understand. Loss, tragedy, things that make no sense to the human mind. As a pastor, uh, for, for the last 10 years or so, there have been things that I have seen that I can't figure out theologically how God could receive any glory from those tragedies that I've seen. I, I have wrestled with things that I don't understand. I don't get them. I look at them and I try to backtrack and go, how did you get glory? How did you benefit from this? I don't understand why it happened. Even though I don't understand it, he understands it. See, and we have to be willing with a kingdom mindset to let God be God, okay, and to let this thing unfold. And I've been through seasons of my life where I've thought, Man, the kingdom is here. Everything is working. Everything is going good. I said something earlier that I don't want to confuse you, but I, I want to say it one more time. When it comes to the kingdom, one of the most devastating things can be to experience so many successive favorable outcomes in material things in this world that you begin to think you live kind of this charmed kind of life. Did you know that happened to me when I first experienced uh, you know, my son Jude, when he got sick, when he was really little, people thought he had cystic fibrosis. Uh, then they thought he had tumors on his spine and all these health issues that he was going through. I had had a very blessed, protected kind of life where I had never dealt with any kind of deep struggle. I had never had anything that I dealt with that did not end up working out. So I was stuck in a moment there where I was being told things that also didn't line up with what I had been praying for my son. It just didn't make sense to me. But I went through a season where I had to realize that sometimes you have to let God be God. Even when you don't understand. And you know what it did? You say, oh, it made you so much stronger. No, it made me go in a closet and turn off the lights for days. It made me question my faith. I got down to, and tried to say, okay, what do I actually... You're saying, oh, well, this is before you're a pastor. No, it's when I first became a senior pastor. I, I had to rebuild everything that I knew in my life. You say, well, where did it lead you? It led me to the same place that, that Peter was when Jesus said, what are you going to do, Peter? Are you going to leave me too? And he said, where else am I going to go? You're the only one that has the words of eternal life. You're the only one I can run to. You're the only thing that makes sense. I came back to that. But what I realized is in the kingdom, there are seasons that you go through when the, when the outcome, you don't get it. You don't understand it. It cannot, 
It is incomprehensible to you how any positive thing could come from this. There are atrocities in this world, things that go on, that if we get focused on the wrong thing, we miss the opportunity to live the kingdom lives that God has called us to live because the kingdom of God is in our midst. It's here and it's on the way and we're stuck in the middle of that tension. That, and, and it does feel like we're stuck sometime, but even Jesus says, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? It means that we're here on earth. And he also said the kingdom is in the midst of you. Why did he say thy kingdom come? He's saying, let the kingdom break through in many different areas. Let the kingdom come shining through my finances. Let the kingdom come into my relationships. Let the kingdom come into my church. Let the kingdom come into my work. And every time something good happens... Father, I will celebrate it that every good and perfect thing comes from the Lord. Every time something favorable happens, I will celebrate it. But if something happens that I don't understand, I will remember the principle of blessed are those who are weak. Blessed are those who are poor. Blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. Every good thing I will celebrate. But every negative or devastating emotionally thing that I experience in my life, I will use it as a kingdom opportunity. Can I get an amen from someone here today? So those woes that he gave in closing, he said, woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are well fed now. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. Just be very cautious because we try to set ourselves up for all those things. We want to be rich. We want to be fed well. We want everyone to like us. We want everyone to speak well. You say, I don't care. I tell it like it is. No, you like comments. You like likes on your Facebook page. You like recognition. You do. Everyone does. It's just saying, be really careful if those are the things that you go for. And that's what you get your real gratification from because you're missing out on the kingdom. So I'm just encouraging you today, if you're brokenhearted, if you're disappointed today, if you're scared, if you're fearful today, there is a kingdom life waiting for you. Right now, today, God wants you to live that kingdom life. God wants you to be blessed. And he says, blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who hunger now. Blessed are you who weep now. Blessed are you when people hate you. Look to Jesus today. You can't be a part of the kingdom because you know the right things to say. Learning to speak Russian doesn't make you a Russian citizen. So learning to talk in a Christian way doesn't make you a Christian. Learning kingdom things, just learning them, doesn't make you a kingdom person. You can't get there just because you know the Bible. Just because you've read a map doesn't mean you've been to the destination. Can I get an amen? I mean, you say, oh, Tahiti's awesome. You ain't never been. You just watch a travel channel. So just because you know about something doesn't mean you've been there. You can only get in this country that I'm talking about today if you've got a passport. And the passport today is Jesus. And if you know Jesus, he has invited you to a life that you cannot imagine how wonderful that life is when you truly live for the kingdom. I'm not saying wonderful in the sense of everything works out all the time 
in a natural sense. I'm saying that you're able to overcome everything that you go through in a natural sense because of what he does in your spirit and in your soul and in your heart in a supernatural sense. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.